Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I give away some Gilmore Girl dirt. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am John R. Bray. And I am Heather Lee Armstrong. And we survived spring break. I mean, relatively. Not only did we survive spring break, Lita and I got to the episode in Gilmore Girls where Luke and Laura like kiss. <laughs> <gasps> That's a big episode. I think it might have been the most romantic moment of Lita's life when it happened. <laughs> so she was completely thrilled. She was dumbfounded. Like when it when it actually happened, like when he he was like hold still. I don't know if you remember this, but they're standing in her doorway and he's like hold still and he like kisses her. Yeah. And then he pulls back and then she's like hold still and she kisses him and like Lita is like literally she was on the couch and all of her limbs went <laughs> completely straight out. <laughs> And she was like gasping for air. And I was like, be quiet. Marlo's asleep. And she's like, I can't be quiet about this. <laughs> well, it's because you saw it coming. Like you've seen it coming from like episode one, mm-hmm. but you just, you're never a hundred percent sure it's going to come. Mm-hmm. And then it does. And it's that, I mean, I was team Luke from the start. He's not perfect, but. No, his, but his, but his flaws are kind of actually, his flaws play into his, into his loveliness, <laughs> I think. Yes. You know. And I think they it's written in such a way that all of his flaws make sense. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason for everything. Yeah. For every way that he is, there's a reason for it. He he not necessarily a good reason, but there's always a reason. His flaws are used he he uses his flaws to cover up the the fact that he's so compassionate. He doesn't want to be seen as weak, but he's so compassionate and his flaws are like his way of going, I'm, ma- I'm manly, I'm manly, but he's like the right. most, one of the most caring characters in, in the whole. Anyway, for those of you who haven't seen Gilmore Girls, I just gave away a huge plot point. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to put a, a spoiler alert somewhere oh, yeah. in this okay. before people listen. That is, that's a big moment though. And she's still liking the show all in all. Oh like, God. Really yeah. Attached. Well, so am I. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm Can super we- attached now. Can we talk about Dean for a minute? <laughs> because he's a he's an asshole. So Dean is the one that got married, right? The boyfriend. Right. To what's her name? Lindsay? I don't know. So Jared Padalecki is the actor's name. And yes. I only know him because I was I watched that show Supernatural. Do you, oh, I yeah. watched the first season of it back when it came out? And so when I saw him in Gilmore Girls, I was like, wait a minute, that's the guy from Supernatural. He's just not that interesting of a character. He's just not interesting when he's on screen. No, he, he's not. But when I was watching it originally, uh, a couple of friends of mine 
were really into it when it came out. And and I, I don't know the, the truth behind this, but what they were saying is that a lot of people really love him and think he was just a great boyfriend and awesome. And not only is his character not great, he's a dick. <laughs> he's, he's totally a dick. Yeah. And I don't understand why he is thought of as this great character. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like his presence on screen with her. No. He's he's aggressive and petty. He's cheated pe- he's yes, cheated on his wife. And, okay, okay, I'm giving away way too much. <laughs> <laughs> we had a spoiler right in the spoiler beginning. Spoiler alert. Gilmore girl dirt. <laughs> but when that happened, when the when the kiss happened, I, I remember somebody leaving a Facebook comment saying, oh, let's just have an episode where we are updated on the Gilmore Girl process. But that's where we are right now, and Lita is just thrilled with it. She cannot wait for me well, to put good. Marla to bed at night so that we can watch another episode. I, I have to ask about one more character. Okay. Because I think you've also referenced her in some of your in some of your social posts. But Emily Gilmore. Emily Gilmore is by far the best character in the entire show. God, I hate and, her. I, I, uh, I don't. Oh, my God. I think she's incredibly flat. Really? That's the issue that I have with her is I feel like there's these, you get these moments of of growth in her character, but then they vanish. Like it never actually changes her overall character to me. Really? And that, I, because so many people have said exactly what you've said is how great she is. It's the lines I, that I she's given. To like it's, the, it's the, it's like, well, hello, hello, hello. Um, she's given these she's given these really excellent lines and the way she delivers them and the way it 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 weaves into her character is something that lita and i love the way she delivers them i think that's what we like most is like we're gonna get an emily gilmore moment and like last night she is sitting on a couch and scares the living shit out of lorelei and, and Lorelai jumps and Emily's like, well, that was a greeting. And um, just right. the way she delivers the lines in, in oh, it's just Lita and I just, we we wound that part like four times and watched it again and again. So. She is amazing. Mm-hmm. Her delivery, her lines, the dynamic between her and Richard, like in, in the sense of the writing. Yes. Yes. But just her overall arc and development. I didn't, I don't know. I never well, really I'm only got into in, it. We were only, we only, we just started season five. So right, so you have what two, five, six, and seven, uh-huh. and then it's the new four. How many are in the on the Netflix special? Four. I think it's four. It's like each season of the year. But I have never seen those. You haven't. No, I stopped after the original series and then never continued. And I I don't remember why. I just. Actually, that is not true. I do partially remember why. There is, and someone, I think I mentioned this when you first mentioned the show, someone commented on this. The writer changed. Yes. for the She left mm-hmm. for the last season. Yes. In my opinion, the last season is garbage. It is such a letdown compared to the first six. Okay. That's what other people have said. So that to me kind of just left a bad taste in my mouth. Now, obviously the writer returned for the Netflix. It's supposed to be great. I've heard really good things. I just, I was so frustrated with how it ended mm-hmm. just the, from the writing standpoint, not necessarily the story that I couldn't, couldn't jump right into it. So maybe when you get there, I'll have to watch them as well. And that's when we can really have our full we'll do the, our, like a full deep dive into this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. 
I also I know you don't really watch, or at least I assume you don't really watch like Marvel movies. I saw Black Panther. Okay, Black Panther. So, which was a phenomenal um, movie. It was so good. I have not yet seen it. Lexton saw it and loved it, but I have not seen it. Oh, Marlo saw. Marlo came with us, and Marlo said it was like her favorite movie of all time. Really? Yeah. That's it. That's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> it's long too, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But Kirk is in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Is he really? Kirk? He's, he's a very minor... He's, he's a more significant character in Volume 2, but he's in both. And his character is so wonderfully strange. Very minor, but it's unmistakably Kirk. Wow. In his delivery, in his... It just... It's funny. Okay. It's pretty funny. It's a reason to watch... Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, because Kirk is a, a phenomenal character too in Gilmore Girls. He just adds he, such he? a great flavor. He's so damn peculiar. Yes, and he plays oh, it so God. well. He, he plays it really well. And him watching him and Luke. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, it's great. Yeah. Oh man. So in terms of so that was the that sort of capped that was the ending of my spring break was that episode of Gilmore Girls and then I finally got to go to sleep on Sunday night. No. No, I didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, almost. almost. So bef- you got to think before, about it. Before that, before we, we watched that episode, Marlo, we'd had a really good Easter morning, a lot of candy, a lot of playing around, a lot of activity, more candy, a lot more candy, more candy, so there's a theme here. I think, and and then she she was already feeling a little under the weather. She spent a few days with my mom, and my mom brought her back and was like, yeah, I've been giving her some Benadryl for a runny nose. And so uh, Sunday afternoon, she's like, I don't feel so good. So I put her on the couch, and suddenly it, we began a three- or four-hour vomit session. Um, oh, and, uh, the first, I'm, I'm, I'm deuce. So I'm going to be a little graphic about this. And the first throw up was all chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I was, you know, I was going to ask if peeps were involved. Are they, are they peeps fans? <laughs> they are. Ugh. I can't, I can't believe I created children who, who like peeps. Well, my sister ate a bunch of marshmallows when she was much younger and vomited green. Slime. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, the sugar on the peeps would probably provide a much more colorful experience, but <laughs> chocolate though. Oh, God. Yeah, it was all chocolate. And so I didn't have anything in the house. I'm, you know, I'm texting my mom and my mom's like, go get some Pepto. So I, I ran to the store. I'm like, Lita, stay in here in the bathroom. You know, if she pukes, pull her hair back. Let's put her hair in a ponytail. And I get home and both the girls had already had showers for the night. Lita... Uh, I'm, I'm just sitting in the bathroom waiting for Marlo to throw up again. And Marlo uh, still feels really sick. And she she lies down on the floor of the bathroom as you do when you're sick because the, the cold tile of the floor of the bathroom is somehow comforting. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm sitting. It's a tiny bathroom. And I'm sitting against the tub. Marlo's lying on the floor. And then Lita is clipping her toenails in the doorway of the bathroom. Oh all three God. of us in there together and <laughs> Lita looks up and she's like this is a really intimate moment man like this is pretty cool <laughs> are you kidding me no. her sister's like dying practically 
And she's just casually clipping well, her toenails. You know, when kids get sick, they get, at least Marlo, when she gets sick, she's one of two. She's either belligerent or she's like the sweetest thing in the world. And it was one of those sweet moments where she's like, I don't feel good, but this floor feels really nice. And I love you, Lita. And yeah, <laughs> luckily the Pepto worked and she was able to sleep until about two o'clock in the morning. And then she got into bed with me. But the vomiting was the done. The vomiting was done. And then oh, good. we got up the next morning and she said, you know, I feel a lot better. And we got ready for school. And on the drive to school, she's like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. So I drove her home. She threw up one more time and she stayed on the couch and watched, what is that? Miranda Sings on Netflix. Miranda Sings. Miranda Sings. So you had a nice like ambiance for writing your book. Uh huh. I tried, I, I tried to close my door and escape it, but there's a tone to her voice in that series that defies all it would defy you couldn't put you couldn't put it in a soundproof box it would still escape it well it's one of those sounds where you hear it and you can't get it out of your head even if you can't hear it anymore uh-huh. it's kind of like caillou <laughs> i feel like we've talked about caillou before but there's something about the tone of that kid's voice caillou i haven't heard that word in so like long murder. do you remember it though like everything he said was whining yeah everything God. yeah so i tried to i was i was successful in I met uh, I met a good word girl yesterday, considering that I have 16, 15 days now until the book is due. Now, when you say a good word goal, is that like you didn't meet your word goal, but you're trying to take the glass half full approach? Yeah. You know, I okay. like I. I'm proud of you. That's good. I need to, I need at least a week to go back. And, and so it means I have to finish it this week so that I have another week to go back and really tie it all up and put a nice bow on it. Um. I've already met the amount of words that I owe them, but I'm going to write probably 10,000 more um, this week. Ah. <laughs> totally, totally doable. You got this. It's like 2,000 a day. Yeah. That's fine. Everything's fine. Which is really not a lot of words unless they have to be cohesive. Then, then it's well, a the, lot. Well, the thing is that I'm trying to tie up the book. And tying up a book means you got to like, it has to, you have to hit a home run when you tie up a book. And that's right. So the writing process, it's really hard to explain. Other writers get it. And when I see tweets about, I see a lot of funny tweets from writers who say, you know, I made such progress on my book today. I opened the document where I was supposed to write in it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There was a woman who said that she quoted a tweet that said, so how how far along are you on your book? And her response was, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like yep it's it's a really grueling this has been this is it's been a fun experience because of the ritual that i've gotten into of, of writing and how i take a break every 50 minutes and i get up and i walk around and then after i spend several hours writing i go walk the dog but having a sick child on the couch watching miranda sings sort of it's like walking with shoes on the wrong feet, right? That is a that's a really great analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she felt better this morning, and then I sent her to school with some chewable Pepto Bismol tablets. Am I a good mom? <laughs> you are. You are surviving. I mean, 
honestly. And it's it's hard to say. You haven't gotten a call. I haven't got. Don't say that. Don't I, I know. It. I know. I just. I just knocked. And of course, like yesterday, uh, when Lita got home, she walked in and she saw Marlo on the couch, and she just looked at me and she's like, oh, "I'm so sorry, you didn't get any work done." I'm like, "Well, I got work done. I wrote a significant amount of words. I don't know if those words make any sense." <laughs> right. But they're, they're on, the, on page. the page. When I go back and read it, I'm going to go, what the hell was I doing? Right. You should put a little comment in there just so you know, like, at this word, this is when the day with Marlo <laughs> Holmes started. Like, oh, yeah, now I get it. <sighs> you probably wrote in the beat of Miranda oh, I did. Like, without it's even probably, knowing. probably, like, completely manic. Oh, <laughs> but here's what's, I think, incredibly ironic about this is you know you'll finish because you will but it's panic inducing anxiety inducing it's down to the wire it's ridiculous you're writing about the the procedure that has given you the power to write about the procedure without being sent into panic exactly yeah which is i mean imagine writing a book any book before this treatment, like a year Impossible. and a half ago, you wouldn't be able to talk about it like you are now. Right. It's a good point. It's a very good point. What well, you know, it it's <laughs> ironically, well, I don't know. I think I told you like the other day, I've been getting all, I've been hit with all of these mental health bills in the last month. <sighs> Just my psychiatrist is so expensive. I don't have mental health coverage on my insurance. And so there have been five psychiatrist visits in the last month and a half. And then I got an, a, a surprise bill in the mail, I guess. I don't remember this. And I don't have time to get on the phone and argue about it. But I guess I, they put me, they, were, they waited a year to bill me for the entire tonsillectomy for Marlowe. Oh, that's, yeah. So I got a surprise bill in the mail for that. Not a small one either. It. Not a small one. I opened it. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Don't panic, Heather. Don't panic. Everything's fine. You're going to finish your book. Just finish the book and then you can panic. <laughs> it's so frustrating though that it takes them that long. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, it's not like you can call them and say, yeah, I'm going to pay you in about six months. Because it or, took you this long to process. Is this bill right? Like, because I paid you a shit ton of money when she got the tonsillectomy. Why is there another bill? Right. Like, that's what I want to know. But I don't have time to sit down and argue about that. I don't have, like, that's a two-hour phone call. Oh, yeah. <sighs> well, I finally reached a point with some of mine. Because this is still ongoing. That was in October. The beginning of October. Mm-hmm. Still ongoing. Because ultimately what it amounts to is that insurance and... The, the hospital, whoever, they, they don't communicate. But if I don't take action in between, then bills go to collections or whatever happens. What has happened is somehow the hospital submitted one billing code to my insurance and my insurance said, yeah, normally we wouldn't cover that, but we will in this situation, which is awesome. Except then when the hospital actually billed it, they picked a different code. Oh, my God. So the insurance won't 
won't pay for it. So I call the insurance and they're very, very, very helpful. And I just need to call the hospital and explain to them that the billing code is wrong. So I call the hospital and they're very helpful. And I just need to call my insurance and explain to them that they need to accept the new billing code. Nobody wants to help. That's so many phone calls. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I ultimately need to do is call the insurance and say, you need to call the hospital and figure out what to do. Because I had nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. And then there's so many different levels of this whole medical billing bullshit that nobody actually can tell me what the codes mean. (laughs) They just know they're similar. Because apparently there's only a limited number of people that can assign the codes, the physician being one of them. You should, if you need any help with that, my... My niece actually got a, a degree. She actually did a special program in those billing codes so that she could work at a clinic. Really? So she knows them? They must be yeah. universal. Well, yes. Well, they changed the billing codes with Obamacare. Interesting. They updated all of them. And so she did a course and took and got qualified and certified in all the billing codes. Oh, yeah. That would be tremendous. They're like one or two digits off. Yeah. And the lady at, I think it was at the hospital, she said they're... She basically told me they're almost the same thing, but they're not the same. So that's why it's getting rejected. It's just, it's so infuriating. It, mm-hmm. it reached a point where I was kind of where you are and like, I don't have time to deal with this, but I'm so pissed off about it that I refuse to give up mm-hmm. just because it's, it's that irritating to me. Oh God. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that is exactly it. I'm at this point where, um, like Lita said, March was the longest month of my life. And she's like, I can't wait for the summer to come. And like, there's this part of me where the time is crunching. These last few months have flown by for me because I have this deadline. And when and I said, Lita, don't say that. <laughs> Not right now. You can say that after April 18th. Don't say that right now. Because like, all I can think about is the fact that it's just like, yeah. Time is crunched. Time is in this like weird accordion-like shape in my head. And spring break makes that worse in some ways. Yeah. How was your spring break? It was chaos. It mm-hmm. is the busiest week I've had all year uh, in terms of deadlines, which of course coincided with Lexton being home and having a birthday. How did so, that go? You know, the birthday, you know, the birthday was fine. Uh, it was just Heather and I and her parents and him. Robert did not come. He has not attended any birthday festivities at all since 2015. Wow. Which, I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I'm fine with him not being there. But it seems really strange that you wouldn't show up. That is really strange. I mean, even if even if he hates me or thinks I hate him or has a weird relationship with her parents or whatever, you get over all of that and go because it's for a kid. Right. And that is the part. What that would mean to him. Right. And I mean, it, what's really interesting is that Lexton doesn't even question it, doesn't ask where he is, why he's not there. I, I truthfully don't think he cares either way, either that or it's just he's never been there so it doesn't even occur to him but i don't i just i don't i don't understand it it does not make sense to me nonetheless it worked out 
Nonetheless, you made it through the week with work and with Lexton being home. Yes, he he would probably have a slightly different take on how successful the week was. <laughs> As it was, a, it was. I mean, I have to give that kid a lot of credit. He he's really great at keeping himself busy, and I had to realize that come. I, I mean, I was basically slammed busy with work from his last day of school through that following like Thursday morning. And I finally had to realize that come, you know, Thursday at around lunch when he was honestly getting pretty pissed off about the whole situation that he'd been sitting at home for a very extended period of time every single day. Yeah. And it's spring break. So and he was actively pursuing friends to hang out with, but they're gone. Right. So he he really didn't have any options. And we've talked about before that I don't really live in a neighborhood, so he can't just go hang out somewhere. So he he did great. I mean, he was he was fantastic and really, 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 really patient. And I also had to kind of remind him that, you know, a lot of people would be gone. They would leave at seven in the morning and get home at six. I don't have to do that, but that means you have to sit here and see me work, which is better in a lot of ways, I think, but I don't know. From his perspective, I think it was just, this is miserable hell sitting at home. Mm-hmm. And the weather wasn't especially nice. We don't have snow, but it's still been fairly cold. And God. Yeah, that, um, it was it was a little bit cold this week. We also, I grew up in a state where everybody had the holidays at the same time. Spring. Everybody had spring break at the same time. Everybody had Thanksgiving at the same time. Right. Like all the days were matched up. Like every school district in Utah has a different system. So some people have this week off. Some people had last week off. Some people have the week after next week off. And it's really hard to coordinate anything with certain friends if they are in a different district or a different school because of that. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's it's also it's just confusing. Like there's a district yeah, it, that is seriously 15 minutes away that had spring break the same week, but then also had the Monday after Easter off. Yeah. And Lexton's district doesn't. So then of course I hear that like Monday morning. I'm like, oh shit, does he not have school? Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't hear that, but no, he does. And they're 15 minutes apart. It makes no sense. I was talking about this and you mentioned that I was on a podcast. Uh, it was published earlier this week i can yes. put a link up to it the topic i was talking about with the with this podcast was being a working mother and how like the utah hates the state that hates working parents because of all the random half days that make no sense whatsoever just the random okay we've got parent teacher conferences on this day and then the following week they have two half days and then on the following week they have one half day and every friday is a half day Every Friday is a half day in Utah. Year round? For for elementary and middle school. Year round. Year round. Yes. Every Friday. They what? get out half day. What are their like how long are they in school Monday through Thursday? How many hours? If Monday through Thursday they go they go from eight thirty to three o'clock. That is And then on and then on Friday they go from eight thirty until one. That's really interesting. That's those days are even shorter than Lexton's and he has yeah. a full day on Friday. Mm-hmm. 
It's maddening for parents who work. And I said, I said this in, in the podcast, I listened to it yesterday, because she had recorded it quite a, quite a few months ago. I remember when, when I was married, and I would watch my kids alone for like a weekend, thinking I could never be a single parent. Like, that's just ridiculous. That's, that's fucking crazy. There's no way that I could be a single parent. And all of that is true. <laughs> it's very accurate. And now that I am a full-time single parent, the thought that I have is, I don't know how full-time single parents who work, you know, at a, at a location that is not their home, how they make it work. How in the world do they do it? Especially like full-time single parents who have like multiple jobs. Like how in the world do they manage the schedules and the half days and the the holidays and the spring breaks? And it just boggles my mind. Well, there's even, even without those weird half days, most people don't get enough vacation time to even cover the breaks. Right. I mean, I would say almost everyone because you've got two weeks at Christmas, a week at Thanksgiving, and a week for spring break. So most people don't get four weeks right, in a year. And then you figure in the random like Martin Luther King or President's Day or the half days or conferences or any of that. You, I mean, and half days are a pain in the ass. God, I would almost rather ass. a full day off mm-hmm. because I know. You, you lose that back and forth on the half day. I mean, basically you, you lose more than a half day just with the shuttling and all of that. Exactly. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, again, will say that having Lita being 14 has been such a freeing uh, milestone. It's like I can leave them at home alone and go get something done. Like, there's no more, rank, like, gotta get, gotta get a babysitter or, or they've gotta, gotta put them in the car and take them on this errand with me that they don't want to go on and shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Like, having her be at an age where she can stay at home alone has been one of the hugest blessings of, of, of being a single parent. I don't know if you saw this, but Utah's the first state to pass this. It's, it's like a free-range children law that's going into effect. Have you heard about this? Free-range children? No, I've only heard that for chickens. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
the factory farming of children. Um, so remember the woman, I believe it was in, was it in New York where her child, I think he, he's was maybe nine. Was he nine? I, I wish I had all my facts straight. Anyway, he, he was begging his mother uh, for some freedom. Like he wanted to experience some independence and he wanted to be able to get home by himself on the subway. And she was just like, you know, I don't see why, why I couldn't let him do that. So she gave him the money and she dropped him off and it's like a 30 minute ride home. And he had to figure out how to get on which train and how to like, you know, get on which platform and which train to get off on. And he did it. Some people just thought that she should be jailed because it oh, was God. child neglect and others were praising her for giving him that independence. And there's a law going into effect that basically says children of a certain age who are, you know, at a park or at a community center or are hanging out, you know, just on a sidewalk somewhere are allowed to do so without supervision, without the parents being um, afraid that they're going to be called, that child services is going to be called. What is the age, do you know? Um, I'm not sure, but I think it goes as low as eight. It's basically to give children the freedom to go experience a park near their home without their mom having to be there to watch them. Well, which gives them that experience, but also offers that flexibility. Yeah. But it's, God, it's Why so does weird a law? That, that has to be a law, though. <laughs> I because, I mean, when I was eight and ten, I was biking at parks going to get ice cream. I mean, doing all sorts of shit. And no one ever gave it a second thought. All sorts of shit. And I'm not even that old. It's not like this was forever ago. This is, it's just so weird to me. I don't know. I was swinging across creeks with Satan worshipers. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we all have our favorite pastimes. Wow. I remember, I remember his room. It was my, my friend's older brother and he had this Metallica poster on his wall and i thought it was so evil (laughs) but you still hung out i did i did yeah i thought it was pretty cool so he's so evil but still okay still okay he was older you know it was cool see you turned out fine cool shoes yeah (laughs) it's all that really matters metallica poster cool shoes wow that's an interesting law it makes me wonder i mean it makes me wonder what the law is here i've never even really I think that there's a law in every state that talks about like how old the child has to be in order to stay home alone. I know there's a home alone law, but that, I mean, that one in the free range is like another step, right? Yeah. Like they can be in public spaces away from their home without supervision. But see, I've also heard about the stay at home law is that it's like, there's an age, but Uh it's kind of fluid. Like it's not just a hard line because I think there's some kids and I I don't know, I want to say it's. I want to say it's like 13 or 14 in Illinois because I, at one point I thought it was 12 and I think I looked it up and and he wasn't old enough. But I remember talking to someone who was saying that it really, it's, there's an age because they needed to to establish that. But I mean, there's going to be kids who are 12 and nowhere near ready to be home alone. And there's going to be kids who are 11 and have been ready for like a year. Oh yeah. I will freely admit that yesterday I had... I had to go deposit a check and I looked at her and I said, you're, you're sick. You're okay. 
and I have to go. It's, it's going to take me less than 10 minutes to drive to the bank and back. Don't tell anyone I did this. <laughs> oh, my God. She was fine. She was fine. I locked the doors. She had Pepto next to her. She had a bowl for throwing up. But I had to get a check deposited. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, well, the fuck? I was like, don't tell anyone that I'm leaving you here alone. Well, there was a Watching point. Miranda Sings. <laughs> See, she's fine with Miranda Sings. I mean, <laughs> it's really all she needs. There was a point, though, in, it must have been like in late 2015 or early 2016, where Heather found out that I was letting Lexton stay home. If I, there's like a nearby grocery store, if I had to make like a similar run, like to deposit a check or to actually run because he was here all the time. And of course, at one point she called when I wasn't home and it became this big thing. But what was interesting is I said, that's fine. You know, if you're uncomfortable with it, I'll call you when I need to go and you can come over and sit here because then he won't be alone. And then suddenly it was okay for Uh those small periods of time. Uh Uh-huh. Because what are you going to do? Like you, like in your case, you, you had to go and do this. She is sick. You could have made her come with, which would have been miserable for both people. Mm -hmm. Or she could just watch Miranda sings what she's going to do anyway. She could have set the house on fire or, Somebody could have broken in and kidnapped her. Or that Chinese satellite could have fallen on my house. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Or that. I mean, so many possibilities. And really, though, if it's going to be the satellite, you being home is not going to make a lot of difference. No. I don't know. Ultimately, and this is what's sad, though, is that parents should be able to make that call. I know, mm-hmm. I know that the laws exist because there are parents who can't really make that call in a good way. But that's really what it should be. It's not like Marlo is sick and you're going to leave her at home for eight hours. No. And I remember like when, when they were younger, I would never leave them in the car and run into the grocery store. Like it was like that for me was like a no-no. But now that they're older, like I'm like, you're sitting in the car while I go in and Lita's usually like, but I don't want to sit in the car. What if somebody comes by? I'm like, you're 14 years old. You've got fists. (laughs) Oh, my God. She doesn't, like, every time I take Lexton to the store, he just immediately is like, can I stay in the car? Mm -hmm. And there's been times I'm like, yeah, you can, but it's probably going to be 45 minutes that I'm in the store. He's like, that's fine. I'll listen to music. Like, that's how bad he does not want to go in. Right. And I re- I remember somehow, I don't remember where I was when I he- overheard this conversation about parents of small children and how <sighs> taking the car seat out or, you know, making, dragging the two-year-old into the grocery store. And I remember those days. Oh, my God. And I realize that I'm in such a different stage of parenthood now where I have that freedom to pull up into the grocery store and say, sit here, you guys, I'll be back in five minutes. And it's not a big deal. Right. I don't have to take out a car seat. But. Do you remember being a kid in the car, though, and how long it seemed? Oh, yeah. It seemed forever. That's why I'm amazed that he chooses it. But, see, they have devices now where they can listen to music, where they can browse. Well, he doesn't even have Snapchat. (laughs) No, I know. So, I don't, I mean, he's got games. He must just be playing. I don't, I don't know. But even, I feel like even if I had a, a device, 
I remember times where it just seemed like an eternity sitting in the car. Mm -hmm. And looking back and realizing that my parents came out with like one bag of groceries, I realized it was probably 10 minutes, but it seemed like forever. One of my earliest memories is being dressed in my dad, one of my dad's white t-shirts, standing up in the back seat of his GTO flying through the streets of Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> so I was standing up in the back seat of the car. In one of his t-shirts. In one of his t-shirts. And that was all I was wearing. I wasn't wearing shoes. No, I wasn't wearing pants. Like that's one of my earliest memories. And it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, standing up too. Mm -hmm. Oh man, no buckle. I mean, you the, remember like, those really big getting... station wagons? Yeah. I oh remember God, riding I remember... Like, in the in the trunk in the hatch with yeah. friends, like just exactly, literally bouncing around in the back. <laughs> I know. Remember, remember those? It was awesome. Oh God! Like when we would go on. I remember I was so envious of families who had station wagons who would go on road trips because they can make a little bed back there. Oh yeah, in the back of that station wagon, and they can make a little bed to sleep in for the long periods of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the big milestones for us was getting rid of the um, booster seat for Marlo. Oh yeah, that was a big deal for her too. Like it made her feel very special. Like I'm I'm getting older now. I don't have to use the booster seat. Was it the same experience when, because Marlo doesn't sit in the front seat, right? Right. But Lita does. Lita does. And that was huge too. Okay. Yeah. It was huge. Huge. Huge for Lexton. Yeah. She sits in the front seat of the car. I we, mean. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, they've got like the sensors in the seat that will activate the airbag. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I honestly think there's a problem, but in, in Heather's car and and Lexton tells me this all the time. He's not allowed to sit in the front because he doesn't weigh enough to trigger the airbag. Really? But he weigh, I mean, he's, he's over a hundred pounds. Like he, he's heavy enough to trigger the airbag in my car. Huh? And I, but it just, every time I he has to go anywhere in her car, he's so pissed off because he's in the backseat again. And he always tells me about it. <laughs> a gallon of milk will set off the airbag or set off the seatbelt dinging sound in my car. Same for me. I've set like my, my laptop bag on the seat and it's gone off. Uh-huh. I, I actually picked it up off the floor and set it on the seat while driving and it started to go off. So I had to buckle my bag in so that it would stop. <laughs> yeah. And there I am like screaming at the car, shut up. It's a <laughs> right. fucking gallon of milk. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah. Safety. Just buckle it in next time. Ah, there's so many crazy things that our children, like the milestone of sitting in the front seat of the car. Like, I don't remember that. I don't remember the first time I sat in the front seat of a car. No. I think I, I think for me, it was just like, oh, my sister and my brother are going to let me let me sit in the front seat. Right. <laughs> they, they were the older ones and they always got to sit in the front seat. That was it for me. Yeah, but that is, that's interesting that you say that because I don't, I don't have any memory of like transitioning out of a booster or the excitement of being in the front. I remember learning how to drive, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you learn to drive on a stick shift or a, a 
automatic. I learned to drive on the nastiest stick shift you can imagine. Oh, me too. Yep. High five. Oh, big time. Big time. Never forgot. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a it was like a oh God, like in late eighties Subaru. So I should take that back. I mean, for stick shifts, Subarus are actually really good because they have they they did at the time at least like a hill hold. So when you took your foot oh. off the brake, it would hold hold you on the hill for a second to give you time to transition. Uh-huh. Which was awesome. Still not not nearly enough time for someone learning. But yeah. I, I remember I wanted to go to a friend's house and my dad made me drive and two blocks from home was a hill. And I sat at that fucking stop sign and stalled out that car probably <laughs> two or three dozen times. And he never got frustrated, never got mad, but he, he also refused to drive. Interesting. So I had to just keep trying and trying. And we lived in a uh, not a very busy area, so no one ever came up behind me. But it was it was horrifying. My dad doesn't listen to this, so I can go into this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) For my 16th birthday, my parents got me a 1979 Datsun 510. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Gray. uh, Two-door. So totally awesome. Totally awesome. Stick shift. And my dad took me to uh, a giant parking lot to teach me how to drive. And he was menacing, and he was angry, and... I just could not get the hang of getting into first gear and going into second gear. Like, you know, like I couldn't get the hang. Like I was, I was stalled out and stalled out and stalled out and stalled out. I just couldn't get the hang of it at all. It just didn't make any sense to me because he was just so angry that I wasn't getting it. And so we got home and I was crying and my, <laughs> my stepdad said, here, let's let's go out into the car. So in the neighborhood, he says to me, just ease up on the clutch. So my dad is all about making sure that nothing goes wrong with the car and easing up on the clutch is a little harder on the clutch than releasing the clutch pretty quickly. Right. So if you ease up on the clutch, shifting is really, really easy. And I immediately got it when my stepfather turned to me and said, you can just ease up on the clutch. Like it just clicked in my head. That's it. It took that one sentence from him and that one gentle sentence from him for me to get it. Well, I had to have a stick shift for my God, ten years. Any any desire to go back? Oh uh, well, what happened <laughs> <laughs> is I eventually bought because I was living in Los Angeles. I don't. I don't think that people really understand traffic who don't live in big cities, which will come back to one of the things that happened last week with you. Oh God. Yeah. Somebody asked me if they wanted to do anything for my kids in uh, LA. I think I'm going to LA in, in June. And I was like, I don't think my kids understand the traffic in LA and are going to be particularly happy about it. when I moved to LA, I bought a Honda automatic civic and when John came to live with me, he brought his Subaru out back. And I drove that to work one week for five straight days and thought I was going to die. My legs were shaking by the time I got home. Oh, yeah. Stick just, shift just from the 
stop and start and stop and start and stop and start and stop and start. And my legs, I would get out of the car and my my legs would be shaking. And I was like, dude, you got to get a new car. Like this can't, I can't do this. (laughs) I can't do this. So last week you, and I love this, you know, I get really excited for concerts. There's a lot of good music coming to town. And then the not and the day the concert happens and you're like, I really want to go, but I could sit here <laughs> right. instead. Exactly. And that was where my head was at. Like Wednesday night, I had a Thursday concert and I was dreading it. But after the week that I had had, I thought, no, I'm I'm going to go. I finally like talked myself into motivating and going, even though I didn't feel like it. I knew once I got there, it'd be awesome. And Chicago traffic is terrible. And I know this. Oh, you showed me that map. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you, so John texted me a map from, so were you going to go into Chicago itself to go see the concert? Oh, yeah, I mean, every good concert is in Chicago. Okay. So and this is The traffic, traffic is, it's shit. So I knew automatically I had made arrangements to drop Lexton off at his grandparents at around three and leave to beat any traffic. Granted, it's Thursday, and I'm I'm going to be going against the flow of traffic, so exactly. it should be should be fine. Wrong, wrong in every. <laughs> and I just I checked it at three, and it was like an hour and forty minutes to get in. <sighs> and normally, it's about an hour, about an hour. And then I thought, well, I'll wait because the concert isn't until eight thirty. So I was checking it every half an hour and just watching it get longer and longer and longer. Until I finally I just, just said, fuck it, and went to the grocery store. <laughs> you you texted me that map, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you're going against traffic. It's Thursday. What is going on? I, I, the only thing that I could come up with that a friend of mine mentioned is because we were talking about people having different weeks for break. It was oh. either people taking a long Easter weekend, or maybe kids had break the following week, so people were leaving. Or I don't know, but it's insane. Yeah, traffic in Chicago is just terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's yeah. yeah. You have to you have to get in the right headspace for it. And I think if it had happened during a different week, I might have been better. But I already kind of had to talk myself into going. And then when that happened, it was like hell no. There's no way. <laughs> and see, I'm lucky because most of the concerts here are like a 10-minute drive. Yeah. That would be yeah, that would be. And great. here, and they're a ten minute drive, and I'm still like, but I could sit here right. at home and not move. Right. <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to change to stay home. I always think that, and then I get to the concert, and I have a great time. Right. Oh, every single time. Just, every single time I get there, and the music's great, and they put on a great show, and in the but every single time I'm like, but I could sit here. Right. It's it's the fact that you have to motivate, which is really weird because we both work from home. And they're like, I need to be around people. But when it actually comes time to being around people, uh, it's just, it's a lot of work. Uh-huh. I'm pissed off that I had to miss it, but two hours to get into the city? Oh, oh God. God. No. See? <laughs> See, Salt Lake City is awesome. It's not Chicago. It's not L.A. Well, the part that I live in, like I live, since I live basically downtown, like I have access to everything. Yeah, that's nice. 
Well, yeah. you're close so enough that you don't even drive, do you, when you go to a concert? Uh, I usually take an Uber yeah. or a Lyft. Um, yeah. Yeah. That just would be b- like because that, 50 bucks for me. Yeah. No, it's like $7 maybe. Um, that way I don't have to pay for parking. You know, I can have a drink. Yeah. Super easy. That's the way to go. Honestly, <laughs> with a two-hour drive in, I would be better off like flying to Salt Lake to see them there and then flying home. <laughs> it's It's about the same amount of time. It's totally ridiculous. Oh my god. By the way, this is this is completely this is so random. I took an Uber drive the other night and this young kid, he's well he's 30, and he was totally flirting with me. And we pull up to my house and he's like, Have you ever made out with your young Uber driver? And I was like, oh Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? No. What the hell? And I looked at him and he had braces. I'm not even kidding. I'm not kidding. Oh, wow. I was like, no, and I'm not going to start now. But uh, thank you for the ride. Appreciate it. <laughs> that was how he, f- that is, <laughs> wow. He had braces. Not that being an adult with braces is a bad thing, but he was like 30 years old. And and <laughs> trying to make out with you as he's dropping <laughs> yes. you off. God, is that, that's so messed up. <laughs> There are so many weird Uber stories out there. I was just like, I, I should have been like super offended, but I was just, I was so, the whole situation was so amusing to me. That I was just laughing. I just laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, you wonder how much of that drive he'd wanted to ask that, but hadn't had the courage <laughs> until right there at the end. Good Lord. Still got it. That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. So this definitely... This definitely rambled. <laughs> but we, we stayed within the bounds of spring break, sort of. And we didn't even go into porn. We didn't. There's still time. What? I know. There is there is still time. Not today, Satan. Not, Not today. <laughs> That's one way to close your rings. It's porn. <laughs> telling you. John Bray got an Apple Watch and is now obsessed with closing his rings. The anxiety that-, that those rings have brought on uh-huh. is... Absolutely. It about ten minutes after we started recording, I got the notification that I that I needed to stand. Uh huh. And what did you do? And I had I had to sit here and acknowledge because you can't just stand. You have to you have to move. Yeah, you have to move. So I had to just sit here and stare at that notification and know that that hour was going to pass as an <laughs> idle hour, and it is infuriating to me. I didn't. I, I didn't think I would care. I honestly did not think I would care, but these rings have become my obsession. Okay. This is going to go long. I don't care. But just so you know, my depression started, I can pinpoint it, when I got the watch. Really? Yeah. I got the watch right before I started training for the Boston Marathon, and it became an obsession. Those rings become an obsession, and... There was one point during my depression when I thought, well, if I close the rings every day, that's going to make me feel better. But what it did is I became completely obsessed. And I went like 59 days where I closed all three rings. And it, I was just, I was, it, I was, it was demonizing. It was awful. It was terrible. Don't let it do it to you. 
Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm hope, I guess if I look at the positive, on the days that I don't run, normally I would, I would, I spend a lot of time sitting because I work sitting. So having that incentive has forced me to walk on the days that I don't run or otherwise cross train, which I would have normally skipped. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's a good excuse to get out. Right. But yeah, I could easily see it becoming a very unhealthy obsession with health. Mm-hmm. The so whole awesome. standing part though, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like I even, someone even commented, um, I, I read about it on Facebook, just that the person who is obsessed with closing the stand ring on their Apple watch has now become the vegan that you don't want to invite to dinner because <laughs> like, and I have tried this before when it tells you to stand, I've just put my, I've put my wrist in the air and I have just like <laughs> flung it around. <laughs> oh my God. It doesn't work. It knows, it knows what you're doing. It knows you're trying to fool it. It doesn't oh, yeah. work. You have to actually get up and move around. And uh, someone said that they, <laughs> they've been caught doing that too. <laughs> oh God. I mean, it's, it's a good, like, I like what it's trying to do. Because for someone who sits all day, like that reminder that you should take a minute to just get up and, and walk mm-hmm. is good. Except to close the ring, you have to do that for 12 hours out of the day. Yes. Which sometimes I just want to sit. Like I want to be idle. Yes. And even though I know logically that given the amount of time I'm awake, I can still stand for 12 and have idle hours. I, I don't know. Even after I've hit 12 and closed it, I still feel compelled to stand every hour. To stand. Hour. Mm-hmm. This is this God is going to be damn a dark time. It, it just 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 watch out. Reach out to me if you start to feel anxiety or depression about the rings. Oh, I will. Yeah, there's there's definitely anxiety. The depression, not yet, but the anxiety is there. Mm-hmm. So well, <laughs> yeah. Hi. There, there is that. So if you also are in the Close Your Rings circle of hell, we'd love to hear from you. Did you learn to drive on a stick shift? Yes, that too. Do you have free-range children? Have you ever left your eight-year-old at home while you went to deposit a check? Shh, don't tell tell my ex-husband. We'll keep you anonymous if you let us know, don't worry. And as always, you can can email us to stories at manicramblings.com. Or you can find us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Manic Ramblings. And you can find us on Patreon. Many of you already have, and we are so grateful. You can also find us on Patreon. I think it's patreon.com slash Manic Ramblings. Or you can search for us on there. Help us inch closer to erotic fiction. Erotic fiction, yes. That would be great. And uh, until next time... Wave your hand in the air like you don't care, except that you really, really do because you want to close the ring. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Hold 
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.